There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 113. Hey, Nerdist Industries has launched a bunch of other podcasts, so if you have specific interests, maybe you might enjoy uh, Making It with Ricky Lindholm, which sort of describes, uh, from an actor's point of view, like how people make it in the entertainment business. The Indoor Kids with Kumail Nanjiani, Ali Baker. Uh, it's all about video games. The Questionauts, uh, Sex Nerd Sandra, which is, she's a sex educator, so if you have questions about sex, she will answer them for you. Also, Nerdist Writers Panel, which is a bunch of super awesome uh, film and television writers who get together and talk about their craft. Uh, I've, I've been to these panels before. People show up with notebooks. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely hosted by Mr. Ben Blacker, uh, also of Thrilling Adventure fame. So it's a we have a bunch of new shows, so check any one of them out on iTunes. Just enter Nerdist Industries and uh, see what you get. I would also like to thank Carbonite for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, I'm actually a customer uh, of Carbonite because I have lost stuff in the past, and it fucking pisses me off every time something crashes, and for whatever reason, I just didn't have it backed up on on some uh, piece of, of hardware. So... Listen, Carbonite is access your files whenever you want. Uh, they're automatically backed up. It runs in the background. You don't have to do a thing. So when disaster strikes, it's easy to get your files back. It's just $59 a year. That's less than $5 a month. So start your free 15-day trial today at Carbonite.com. Use the offer code NERDIST, and you will get two free months if you decide to buy. That is Carbonite.com. Use the offer code NERDIST. Now with this show, uh, Mike Birbiglia returns. You know, the first time we had Birbigs on, Matt Myra couldn't be there. So we were like, you got to come back when Myra can be there. Just so everything balances out. So Mike came back. Uh, we had an amazing time. Uh, and he's just a freaking phenomenal dude. So here we go. The Nerdist Podcast number 113 with the return of Mike Birbiglia. Or Birbiglia, as we would say in Italiano. Hey, why am I saying a we? I am not from Italy. Now entering Nerdist.com Everybody's having a podcast. We're having a podcast. That one does not work. Still, why would you? It's on. We were doing that before. It didn't work. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Cough buttons stuck. I get it. The biggest. That's lit. That's light. Mac Birbiglia in America. I wish I could. 
just leave that. We all know that song. <laughs> he sings it every episode. Here's an it's just working out now. Here's an interesting thing is that uh, I found out that the, there, is a, there is a flag code, American flag code, that was established, I believe, in the 1930s, which was essentially put in place just to make sure that people respected the flag. And you are, t- it's, not, it's not a law per se, it's just a code that's not enforced, but technically you're not allowed to profit from images of the flag. So all of the rednecks who buy uh, flag yeah. towels, flag hats, flag mud flags, yeah. pa- paint flags on their trucks, that it, they're technically violating the flag code that's technically un-American what they're wow. doing. My yeah. uh, father would kind of follow that and not buy any thing, like any like American flag tie, or he would not allow it because it was disrespectful. To Big the flag. into Looney Tunes. Like you can't read the flag. <laughs> I mean, you can't love. The flag. I mean, Tasmanian Devil. There's no Tasmanian Devil code. No. <laughs> you can totally have Tasmanian Devil on, Not your, here. on your tie. For Biggs, it's good to see you. You too. Welcome back. I was, just, I was just thinking about my dad. My dad is one of the smartest guys I've ever known in my whole life. Brilliant guy. Doctor with a law degree. Jesus. He, he, doctor lawyer. Yeah, doctor lawyer. He. He believes email forwards about President Obama. Like, what? Really? He'll literally, we'll be talking about politics, be completely reasonable, and he'll go, where is this guy even from? Oh, and no. And I'm like, wait, what happened? No. What has happened? I, I don't want to like dwell on it, but it's our just Our parents like, are the same. Yeah. I know. But it's I've, just, it's sort of like, your, your parents, my do, the parents do the same thing. It's such a and I don't know strange when it phenomenon. Happened. I think because and their it, generation, it, if they're, if they see something typewritten in any, in any sense, it it, they think it's a truth. Because, yeah. and it's such a complicated issue because my dad is definitively not racist. Definitively. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and yet he believes these, these wild off the wall. And it's, it's typewritten. My parents, typewritten were, equals my parents true. left <laughs> Massachusetts, went to Florida. That's where my, that's where my parents live in Massachusetts. Okay. Where? So, in, uh, in Cape Cod now. They're kind of semi-retired. Because we didn't get to cover this because when we had Mike on before, you had to work. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. And there was yeah, actually yeah. some internet chatter that was like, oh, it's too bad that he wasn't there because yeah. it wasn't the full show. And I just want you to know, <laughs> yeah, Bigley right. and I, Mike and I have been talking for months and he's like, you know, I just, I can't focus on work. I, I really need to come back oh, so Matt can be yeah. on. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Just so it's fair for Appreciate everyone. That. Anyway, back to your should story. I, yeah, no. Should I leave uh, then to even it out? Yeah, go ahead. They, uh, they left Massachusetts. My parents, I felt like when I was a kid, I felt like they were very liberal in how they were sort of, you know, my mother always voted Democratic, whatever. My dad, an army guy who, you know, went with whoever was going to be the most army, pro-army guy. So, uh, ah, lawful they neutral. Left. Yeah, they Your father's lawful to, neutral uh, means he's a soldier. They left to go to Florida, and then all of a sudden they just shit, like they went crazy. They Florida. went nuts. Like Florida. to the point Florida. where I'm on the phone yeah, yeah, yeah. with them. Florida. I think all of us just need to say Florida. Florida. And Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. They're, they're, we don't even have to describe what mm-hmm. we mean. No, no, no. I think we did with uh, Florida. saying Florida. 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 I, I often, I often say yeah. Florida is America's smokehouse. That's where people don't die. They go and they just age <laughs> and age and shrivel and Picture shrivel into a people jerky, into a salty people jerky. Yeah. Oh, oh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I haven't visited them since 2006. Can I tell you that? I'll be doing that. Can I tell you that it it there, there there's it's something chemical that happens, something chemical that happens as as people get older. Because I you know I find my father uh, is I, I jokingly said to a friend of mine like my dad's pussy levels are going up because he's all like 
I mean, you know, he was he was just kind of independent when I was growing up, and now he's all about family and hugs and that's nice. And what ha- which is very nice. But what happens as as men age? Um, my dad will be seventy this year. As men age, their estrogen levels go up and their testosterone levels drop. Mm. And so it's, inter- it's sort of interesting to to witness emotionally what the effect of, of that is, where they just like that. You know, that's why grandparents are super huggy and super, you know. Well, it's also you know, uh, as you get older, you can't I mean, except to races, to other races, yeah, exactly. than they- but you can't defend yourself as well. So you got to rely on your you know friends and family a little bit more than you used to because you can't real like physically defend yourself anymore. That might yeah, be you can't bit, punch yeah. your family in the face. And you so get you have scared. To You're more scared of other of things. I think you know, as you get older. <laughs> I would think you'd be less scared as you get older because you're like, hey, fuck it. At this point, I'm already past the finish line. This is all I'm in the bonus round. You make it past 80. You're in the fucking bonus round. It's funny how you get older. I mean, I'm not old, but I'm 33 this month. And it's funny how you get older and you go, 60 is not that old. Yeah, you know, whereas yeah. it, you you used to be yeah. like sixty or so old. Yeah, but when yeah. you were seventeen, thirty three like, was like I'll fucking kill myself oh, before I, I get to thirty three. No, I thought no way I would live to see thirty three. Yeah. No way. Yeah, and now here you are. You're like, yeah, that's that's so bad. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, a lot of people do that. The older they get, the more they justify that it's not that old, just to make themselves feel a little. Oh, better. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I go no, ninety. I'm not that old. Not that. <laughs> he's a young ninety. He's a young ninety. <laughs> he's he's an energetic ninety. I I appreciate the like old. Like eighty-year-old guys that are just still kind of drinking and hanging out. Well, I'll tell you, the Florida, the, some of those Florida tennis players who are 70, 80 years old could wipe me off the court. They can't <laughs> die down there. Can you, have you seen some of those tennis players? Yes. The old people playing tennis That's in Florida. All they do. It's all if, they you do. Know, yeah. the thing, very good. They, it's a curse. They can't stop or they die. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a shark. The second it's like they stop, they, yeah. they, they will. Yeah. And I've often thought, ah, uh, maybe when I'm eighty, I'll start drinking again. Just yeah, like at that point, who fucking yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. Well, that's you know? why uh, Tom Lennon quit smoking when he did. So when he uh, is like sixty or seventy, he'll just start up again, like crazy. That's <laughs> what he said. And then <laughs> it'll just smart. be a steep decline into yeah. a quick yeah. into a quick. Swartzen used to do a joke about that too. Yeah. Just that when he when he gets old, he's just gonna party so hard. Yeah. Well, hey, what's up, mother? That joke where he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, pussies. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I know that. Kitelinger had that joke too. She's like, she does. Uh, I don't drink a lot now because I want to be able to keep on drinking for the rest of my life. So I don't do I don't overdo it. Yeah. Just so I can continue to do it. Oh, Kitelinger. I love her. You know what's crazy is I yesterday. I'm a little bit of a podcast whore. I interviewed Marin for his WTF podcast for his 200th episode. I interviewed him. You interviewed oh, him wow. for his show. Yeah. And and what I'm discovering is there's a lot of podcast um, uh, competitiveness. Really? Is there? Yeah. It, well, in the sense of, you know, we were talking about uh, it, the in him. He was upset that certain people didn't invite him onto their pod. Has he been on here? Yeah, yeah. he's been on here. Yeah. yeah. Have I'm you sure, been on there? I went on his show when it first started, and then he just asked me to come on again. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I'll go on again. It's like the podcasts are like the Los Angeles equivalent of stage time. I guess so, but I, but I sort of feel like I feel really like is. there's a I feel like there's a camaraderie. Like I've I think there is. I've yeah. done all the other ones. You know that I wanted to do, and all those guys, you know, like a bunch of those guys have done mine, and it's kind of it's fun. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. Maybe I, we're in the boom, like the late '80s stand-up comedy boom. This is there the is podcast. a bubble. There, 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 is, is, there is a bubble. But I just feel like, you know, everyone's, you know, all these people are rushing to make podcasts now, and then, you know, but after a little while, they do take they they do take work. Hey, it's and a lot so, of work. And so I feel it's the same thing with when people complain about like, ah, oh, there's too many stand-ups. I'm like. 
ride it out because they're gonna because people who yeah. don't really care about it are gonna fall off when it starts to get hard. That's yeah. true. So if you can stick it out, you'll be ahead of like ninety eight percent of everyone else out there. Yeah, I remember. Do you do you remember when we first met? Uh, was it you, in New York? Yeah, yeah, in two thousand one maybe. Or so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luna Lounge. At Luna Lounge, yeah, yeah. When they, I, yes, yes. That uh, was it. A Monday night show. Yeah, it's a fucking it's awesome eating show. It. Eating, eating it. it at yes. Luna Lounge. Oh, what a closed great down. show. But we met at that. It was so funny because I remember because you were on television before that. Yes, you were on Singled Out. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were on? Yep. And it was so funny to see your stand up in contrast to. <laughs> what your television presence was. You were like doing this really edgy, like political stand up. It was really interesting. And then your television show was like this, like, cr- like crazy. Like a frat party. Yeah, it was like a frat party. It was like my, my television show was like a date rape. <laughs> yeah. For the senses. Date rape for the senses. Yeah. Right? And I remember just being so confused. <laughs> I, mean, I was so new to show business. I was like, but how can that be the same person I know, as that and, and person? I, and and that, that was also the same place I met Marin for the first time. That's and right. he, he was so shitty to me because he, well, he was shitty to everyone, but he hated, he hated the fact that he thought I was a TV person who was trying to do stand-up. And yeah. the reality was I had done stand-up the other way around. before television. It's just it was the thing I always wanted to do and I fucked around with it in college a little bit and then I got lazy with it because I started working on TV and then after the show went off the air and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go back to stand-up. I, I mean, I was... It still scared the crap out of me, but, um, you know, but, but I totally understand why... I totally understood why... Because, I, you know, I would get that way sometimes. You're like, oh, that's cute. That TV guy's trying stand-up. Yeah. You know, but... No, but you were great. Oh, wow, it was just com- It was just confusing. <laughs> I was just I, like, how is that, that the same the, Florida? The- <laughs> Florida is how I justified it. Yeah, yeah. I love Somebody that show. Dude. Florida. What if, yeah, what if Florida were just the word you use to describe a paragraph of text that you don't understand? Florida. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, it's all Florida to me, man. Yeah. Like a contract. Florida. Florida. Where if you if you don't understand if you don't understand something in the margin in the red, you just draw the shape of Florida oh, next yeah. to it. Then everyone will just think you're drawing a dick on stuff. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Look Which at the craggy. Fine, fine too. Which yeah, fine no, too. I think I actually think it matches up perfectly. Well, actually, the dick is what you draw when you think something's really awesome. You draw a boner. And you're like, wait, is this Florida or is a boner? that an upside down Florida? <laughs> well, it's kind of a Florida boner. I don't get it, but I'm very yeah. excited that about like it. A, that seems like a good drinking game. Florida or boner? <laughs> yeah. You guys say Florida or boner? Yeah. I, will, I might name this episode Florida or boner. Florida. Florida or Foner. Uh, Florida is the is is Texas with a beach. Has anybody ever said that? <laughs> no, I was actually trying. To, I was I was thinking in my head about how it's it's ridiculous because it's like you know you think of Florida, it's like oh there's so much beach. Yeah. It's mostly beach. Yeah, it's got you know a lot, and but it is the furthest thing from it when you go there. It is more south than the other fucking states. I always states remind above it. people that Florida is south of Georgia and Alabama. It is well because yeah. people you know it's the south. same thing. It's the same thing yeah, in California. It, it, it is. It is south. Pe- people yeah. have. People have this misconception because they think of California as being L.A. or San Francisco, and they think of Florida as being Miami or maybe Orlando, when the truth of the matter is the majority of both of those states are rednecks. Yeah. Yeah. West Palm, (laughs) Naples. The Redneck Riviera. Bakersfield. Well, I uh, I moved to Florida for six days. Like and then I you, tried went, then you went back. Yeah. Moved for six days. You went. You went the distance. You went for the full six days. My stuff is there. <laughs> stu- I I bought a plane ticket. You committed. Back. You Eight committed seconds, for six days. You walked, committed for six sevens of a week. I remember going up to the ticket counter, saying to the lady, "I'd like a ticket to Logan Airport in Boston," and she's like, "Okay, round trip." I was like, "No." 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. I like that. So day yeah. one, yeah, I don't know about this place. Day two, well, day three, I don't think this is going to work out. Florida yeah. was so bad, I moved back to where they filmed The Fighter. What was so bad about Florida that you had to leave immediately? It was much worse than I anticipated as far as heat. Heat, not so much. It wasn't so much the heat. It was just the idea of, it's A, it's flat. That gets to you. In a mm-hmm. weird way for me. Yeah. It's just so flat. It's very flat. Everything's yeah. flat. Uh, and then I just realized that my days, like at the time I was still going to college and uh, I'd gotten there and I realized it was the summer and I realized that my days would be nothing other than going to this Barnes and Nobles that was nearby. You're going to Barnes and Nobles? And uh, drink, <laughs> drinking coffee. And uh, it was just the miserable thing. My parents were like, you gotta, maybe you get a job. At Disney or fucking do you, But do you get yourself a Starbucks outside of Barnes & Nobles? Starbucks and... No, uh, get yourself a Starbucks at the Barnes & Nobles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Disney was your option. I'm laughing, by the way, I at the inaccuracy of the impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at all. <laughs> Maybe you need a Starbucks. Maybe you need a Starbucks. Dude, you're going to Starbucks? You're going to get a Starbucks over there? Nah, kid, you got to go to Dunkin'. You got to go oh, to there Dunkin'. You go. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What town did you grow up in? Lowell. Oh, I grew up in Shrewsbury. Oh. Worcester, outside of Worcester. Outside of Worcester. Well, that's a... I, uh, but yeah, no, it was just a miserable, miserable place, and I, it, was, it was horrible. It was a horrible thing. I don't recommend anybody move to Florida. If but, you're listening but, but to this podcast really, you're thinking about some it. Some people really care for Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because on paper, like on LeBron paper, James. Florida looks great. On paper, you're, you got the beach. No income tax. You got no income tax. Yeah, yeah. You got, yeah, it's a tax shelter. It's uh. You do, you yeah, know, they can never take away your property, right? Isn't that another thing in Florida? There's prob- no eminent prob- domain? Probably. Yeah. Prob- I'll, you know, for the sake of argument, Let's sure. Say, yeah, why sure. Not? yeah, yeah. One they can't take away Florida. your property. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's like any any extreme of like liberal or conservative talk radio is just like, yeah, we'll say that shit. Sure. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, just yeah. make up some shit. I'm here to take your property. You can't never hear on those stages. All right. But this is, this is right, right? And sure. they can't take away your property. You know, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you shout it enough, yeah. it becomes true on the radio. I'll give you that. Yeah. But Florida has NASA, which is Great. I love NASA. Yeah. Just in case they're listening and want to take it away from Cape, me. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you'll probably already have been there by the time we put this Well, then they can't. Well, fucking Florida sucks. Even Cape Canaveral shitty. But Florida, like, do, you, do you, Chris, do you play Florida? I played Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I play, play the Improv in Fort Lauderdale, which is a very nice club, but sure. uh, the, vi- the vibe, you know, it's basically in a uh, like a city walk style. Yeah. Th- you played, of course. They're played. taking well. City walks are taking over America. City walks are taking yeah. over America. So yeah. it's, there's it's, there's one in there's 14 in every town. It's on basically. public yeah. private. It's it's on an, well, it's on an Indian res- it's on an Indian gaming um uh, Indian gaming land. So there's a Hard Rock Hotel. Everyone's in Vegas mode, and that's uh, Vegas mode. And again, the club is beautiful, and the people there were very nice. But Vegas mode is very hard for me to digest. Mm-hmm. And what do you so, mean by Vegas mode? Vegas mode, like it's it's. Oh, they're hard... turning over the room fast. No, 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 no. Everyone's in Vegas mode. Like hey, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm in Vegas. Uh, fuck everybody. I'm gonna take my dick out. Yeah, like the price of the hotel room. Smoking that room. Yeah, the price of the hotel room is your price of admission of just being a complete asshole. Um, and people coming back to their rooms at three o'clock. And like, oh my god, you saw that girl's tits. Like just yeah. as loud as you could possibly. Yeah. Just the most. Uh, Which is really what your show is all about. Yeah, it really is. I like to I like to hoot it up about the ladies and their uh, ju- jugs. I think they're called. <laughs> I know. 
and uh, and it's it, so it's you know the vibe of it. It was a little you you less whoop, nerdy. you whoop people up. This is yeah, what I, I hear to, about your live shows. I like to whoop people into a frothy frenzy. Yeah, welcome to whooping comedy style. You guys ready to laugh? I can't hear you. <laughs> Somebody needs some tequila. You know, he's making a lot of references to things they know. And hurricanes are half price when Hardwick's on stage. When, when and you you and you go on the road quite a bit. Yeah, most weekends. I, I see your schedule sometimes on the internet. And uh, <laughs> how when what's the what's the breakup? In, at this point when you tour in terms of the people who are coming to see you and the people who are going to the comedy club. Now I'm doing like small theaters and so it's, it's all, all nerds. You. It's all you. Yes. Yeah, every, yeah. Everyone who's there comes on purpose, which that's is great. great. I mean that, like... That's the, that is, you know, if, for any comedians listening, that, that I think is the best thing that you that can possibly happen. Yes. They, they want to be there. That, that, to to me, be there. that to me is better than having fucking sitcom or movie career or anything yeah when you do stand up and people come to see you on purpose unbelievable yeah it it's is so, it's euphoric you know who goes against that uh norm mcdonald says he hates doing theaters and he loves actually just the club atmosphere for comedy huh. yeah he uh it's some interview i think for uh cc insider or something like that but he was just talking about how you know that he needs like it's like if they make an effort to pay attention he likes it better he likes trying to be able to pull them in as opposed to everybody just sitting straight and looking right at him yeah. he likes people around tables he likes people wrapping around the stage i just love know? the vibe of everyone every, it's like you guys know why you're here i know why you're yeah. here we already yeah. have a shared bank of, 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 it's, of it's like an old friend yeah we have a, a relationship already yeah. yeah i don't have to spend yeah. the first 3 minutes trying to tell you who i am yeah, so yeah. to justify the next you know, forty-five minutes. Yeah. Let's be friends now. Listen to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I do appreciate. I do, I do appreciate that. And you, as you, you know, I was in New York. Uh, I was, I've actually been in New York like seven times since last year. But, uh, but I was walking down Seventh uh, Avenue, I think, and right around the West Village. At around um, seven p.m. I think I saw it was your theater. Is your, yeah, yeah, that's where it is. Because that, I, I took a picture. I took a picture of uh, my girlfriend's Ave. boyfriend. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I was so, I was so excited. You have a, you have a theater to for that show. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! It's uh, the Barrow Street Theater, and we have what Chris is talking about is out out front is a big you know sign. It's a big poster of the show. That's incredible. The show and it's, it's really cool. Sorry, I didn't know it, that. That's it's, awesome. Uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, and it's we've been running for about four months, and it closes. Uh, I don't know when you'll post this, but uh, June twenty fifth. Okay. Um and uh, w- yesterday. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry it closed. No, that's good though. You no, planned. No. You planned. What a closing night gala that was. Yeah, no, no, we could. Yeah, no, we could keep going. But uh, but I'm 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 shooting a, a film soon. So you're I, shooting I have a, the to, film version Ira, of the of Sleepwalk, of Sleepwalk with me, with, yeah, me. with yeah. Ira Glass, right? He's producing, yeah, and that's I'm great. directing and, and and starring in it. I yeah, love seeing great. your name in the uh, in the um, This American Life app. Is it? It's, it says it talks about the other contributors, oh. and, uh, and and your name is in there. Oh, that's that, cool. That's really cool. I mean, like I, what's so interesting because the the one the, the the show route, how do you find when you're doing that? So when you do that show for four months, do you do you approach it the same way as stand up, where you're constantly tweaking it, or do you do you like you, do you set it and, and you're like that's it? Constantly, do tweak- you set it and forget it? <laughs> I'm constantly tweaking, um, but in previews, which is what they call it, the first three weeks or so. And uh, you know it's constant changes. Yeah. You know? And and in January I went to Australia and Montreal and 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 San Francisco to Sketchfest. Yeah. And and that was like constant changes. And now it's like you know little little tweaks, little tweaks. But that is that just a uh, seven seven shows a week. You know that's it's a full theater week. I mean that's you know se- I'm go ahead Jonah. Oh no, I mean do you do you find yourself changing it like a normal live comedy show? Where I can't. Kinda... I, I can't because it's it's 
very specifically designed. So like, even if I improvise, it's within this construct that I have to understand that I can't give something away. Like, for example, like, you know, if, how do I describe this? I'm married now, but in the show, it's it, the whole show is about how I decided to get married, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, cause you know, I make this joke in the show, like for a long time, I decided like, I'm not going to get married until I'm sure that nothing else good can happen in my life, you know? And I was determined to not get married. And the whole show is about how I was, how, how right I was about that. Like, I didn't believe in the idea of marriage and, and, and the ending of it is I get married. And so I don't wear like a wedding ring in the show and all that kind of stuff. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. No, but, 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 uh, but in the, um, you know, so when I improvise, you know, if you're if you're in a comedy club or, or at a theater and and it's just free association, you maybe mention your wife or maybe right. mention people who you're close with or mention something, you know, that's off the top of your head. And you kind of can't do that within the construct of a show with a narrative as such. Yeah. It's kind it's, of a boring concept, but it's true. No, yeah, I get yeah, it. No, it's, it's, you ha- it's easier. You can derail easier in a comedy club because you can just jump to whatever. I mean, like yeah. it can, it's only as linear. I mean, like you can make, you can make your set, whatever you want it to be yeah, yeah. like, Oh, this doesn't have to be the closer. I can move this. And That's I can move right. this. It's very modular that and, way. And also the way that I, that my director, Seth Barish and I build my shows sleepwalk with me and my girlfriend's boyfriend the same way is that every single thing that I say in some way contributes to the final line of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So if, if you just say something, uh, you know, uh, uh improvising, if it doesn't contribute to what the ending is, it's possibly watering down the ending. And that's really interesting because I the way the way that I keep you know jokes fresh <laughs> that I've been telling for a while is that like thirty or forty percent of what I do is just I talk to people in the audience because mm-hmm. it's fun. It's mm-hmm. loose. but you're doing seven shows a week, which is hard. I mean, like you know those week, weeks at comedy clubs by by the second or third show on a Saturday night, and your brain just feels like it's melting in your in your skull. Yeah. How do you how do you maintain the same level of enthusiasm when you're when you're doing pretty much exactly the same show you know for four months straight? A lot of it's like boring actory stuff, like going to exercise and classes and things like that, like you know the the day of show mm-hmm. and doing things to 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 you know relax before you yeah. know the show ultimately. And you know, a lot of times two shows, you know, f- for a while there it was. Saturday, 4 and 8 p.m., Sunday, 4 and 8 p.m. And also I get really, you'd have to see the show, but I get really riled up during the show. So it's, it's actually very physical. So it's like a big big workout. It's, yeah. And you just sort of shut off in between shows. Yeah. Yeah. To conserve your energy. Yeah. You got a lot of great food right there next to you on, that, uh, on 7th Avenue, though. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. <sighs> you got that. You got, uh, ble- you got Bleecker Street Pizza. You got our... Not so you got you got a two boots right near there. You got a two boots there. You got John's Pizza. Yep. You got a sushi <sighs> samba, which is pretty good. You got Hummus Place. There's two boots you in LA a, now. You got AOC. Yeah, Echo Park. Yeah. They they brought the two boots out. They to brought LA. two boots out. Yeah, yeah it's an yeah, Echo, it's Park. Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all, it's not the same because it's not the same water. It's not. It's not Actually, the New York yeah. water. Yeah. But they have that uh, the cornmeal crust, which yeah. you know, and the same like the Mister Pink and stuff like that. So. So last time. We did this. It was at the hotel. I yeah. was at my hotel, yeah, which is somewhere I don't know where. Yeah. You were you were at the, the w, w or something. W, yeah, and Sunset then Vine. And no, I remember. Th- this is what I remember from it. I remember thinking, we should just continue. 
We should it, just go a couple hours. I would have loved to have oh, gone gosh. a couple hours. Yeah. I always tend to keep it around. Well, tonight you and I both have to get on planes, yeah. but but I always keep it to around an hour because I just feel like um, I don't want to. Now that we're doing two episodes a week, I don't want to overwhelm people. You know, like I was talking about this last night with someone where. Even stuff that you love, if you feel like, oh, my DVR is full of stuff that I love, now it feels like a chore. Now it feels like I have a responsibility to get through all this stuff that yeah. I'm following. Yeah. And so I, I don't... I don't. Uh, you don't want to put that on people. I don't want to put that on people, yeah. and I don't want them to look at... And I feel like if, you, if, you, look at a, if you look at a podcast and you see the time says, like, two hours and 28 minutes, then you're... At, like, for me, I would go... Oh, I know what Ooh. show that is. I used to be on. No, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I feel that way about it. Even the, uh, if my friend sends me a web video, and so, you know, I press play, and then I see how long it is, and if it's over three minutes, I just usually oh, yeah. just don't even bother. I don't have the time <laughs> yeah. to watch someone else's web video. Then I sit and contemplate it for six minutes when I could have yeah, just yeah. watched the video. But th- uh, this is the thing that I... I And it was... It, because I interviewed Marin last night, I was... I, I couldn't, make it all I couldn't about talk about myself at all. You know, I just it, I, I don't interview people usually, yeah. and so and so I actually do want to tell people who are listening to um, if they like me or if they're familiar with me at all, please, please, please get um, my new album Sleepwalk with Me, mm-hmm. which just came out and is on iTunes. And I'll tell you why they should get it. Okay, this is the first time I've said this. There was a New York Times article a couple weeks ago about. Uh, I think Pandora. Mm-hmm. I don't even know Pandora. I don't understand what these things are. It's a, it's a music streaming service that uh, that creates playlists around music that you like. And yeah, it, and yeah. now they have comedians so, on there. So there was a thing where they they were launching a comedy channel or whatever, and their and their reference of the the comedy business, the record business, was that this week in Billboard comedy, <laughs> Mike Birbiglia's album was number one, hey. which is a nice thing to be. How many albums did he sell? No. Yes. <laughs> oh, num- number one on Billboard? Number one on Billboard. 14,000? Is that, is that, that's your guess? That's my guess. Um, 5,000. I I, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you and me. No, no, you already guessed. I did. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, 8,000. I said I said 14,000. Oh. What was yours? Five. 2,700. It's amazing. It's amazing. Number one. But number one well, that's how, album. That's how that band, the band, the Melvins. 2,700. And it was in the New York Times as an example yeah. of how the comedy business <laughs> is, is over. But it's not that the comedy business is over. It's, <laughs> no, it's or the a, comedy music, the comedy record business yeah. is over. It's, but, but what happens, what happened is... And, and I'm so proud of this album. Like, it's like, it's the album that I basically, is the accumulation of like my entire life of wanting to make the perfect comedy album, and it's that. And at this point, like but, uh, you know, it's been out for a month, and now it's like seven you, seven thousand records or something like I'm that. I'm sure, but like but you gotta, that's good. That's, but still, it's, it's so few. It's probably fifty times that the amount of people have uh, have received it and listened to it and enjoyed it. Though. Yeah, that's the that's the tricky part. Is that the people downloaded it and then they show it to their friends? I mean, and that's just kind of. We would I would look at. Um, uh, our manager Alex and I, we would look at the for the last few years. We would look at the Billboard top ten charts for comedy albums, and it almost for it almost put me off comedy a couple of years ago, just because there were like three that sold the shitload, like you know Dane Cook and the Blue Collar guys, mm-hmm. and then and then Hedberg, and so you would see like a million albums sold, and then another million albums sold, and then like numbers five is. Sixty thousand, like it's an ins- it was an insane gap. Yeah. Well, and then comics that you love, like guys 
that you think, oh, everyone knows them. 13,000. Yeah, yeah, like it, yeah, it, sure. it, people just, do, you know. Well, that's, that's you know, something I was mentioning earlier was that, uh, you know, like the Melvins who have been around for over 20 years. Yeah. You know, um, they, Love the Melvins. Yeah, they're great. And, but they've never been anywhere close to being on the Billboard charts. Uh, their last album got on the charts, and um, it's because they made it kind of a special edition. Uh, you know, it was like on vinyl and stuff like that. Uh, and a lot of people bought it. Not a lot, but a lot for them. And they finally got onto the Billboard charts, and they used it in an article as an example to talk about how bad the rest of the music industry is doing. That, that the, the Melvins, the Melvins are on the charts. Yeah, yeah but like, yeah, the Melvins sucks. are fucking stoked. Because it's like it's still like you know there's people still buying their records, but it's it's funny because it's like I was someone at a party recently was was making fun of a band. I'm not going to say who the band was, but they were like, "Look like, at this!" It was popular band, in popular indie band. And yeah. It was like this guy was like so cheap, and I'm like, "Dude, you sold so many records!" And I was just like, "I don't know how many records they're selling." You know what yeah. I mean? It's like let's say let's say it's a super popular indie band. They sell half a million records. Mm-hmm. There's five people in the band. Let's put that five ways. Yeah. You you put the upfront recording costs into that. They you know I don't know two three hundred thousand dollars they probably to make that album. Yeah. And those guys are it's a hit album. Num- probably a number one top or top ten album. Yeah. And those guys probably make like thirty five thousand dollars. Maybe each. Yeah. it's it's all in the touring well, business. That the money is all in the touring yeah. business. It's all the, the merchandise. And and, 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 the, yeah. the other downside with comedy is that. Unlike an album of music where you can go through and pick a couple tracks that you want, it's too like you don't. It's it's not like your. It's not like a specific tr- bit uh, on a track is going to play somewhere. And people go, I'm going to go buy that track. Yeah. Like you, you buy an album as you buy a comedy album as a whole because yeah. you want to kind of sort of listen to the arcs. You don't want to listen. The industry is really like uh, Tommy Walter is one of my friends who uh, was like one of the founding members of the Eels, and he he's abandoned pools is is pretty much him. And uh, then all of a sudden, I saw him with me working at the fruit store mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, tech support. Yeah, land. well, I mean, when I worked at uh, uh, Benway Records in Venice Beach, uh, I worked so, with the bass player of uh, the Muffs, Ronnie. Was was the is the fruit stand? Was that an example of him doing well or not doing well? I'm no, trying to I mean, understand the story he better. Just, but the, well, he, fixed, <laughs> he fixes computers at a. <laughs> I don't. We, we don't. He we doesn't do it anymore. We he, don't say he, what the store is because we don't want to get in trouble. Uh, it is a fruit themed oh, computer okay. store okay. chain. I didn't. Understand. No, he did so okay, well yeah. that he started his own fruit stand. Oh, that was always yeah. his passion. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and wait, yeah. no, you were saying the the lead singer from the. Oh uh, no, not the lead singer. The bass player of the Muffs. And the Muffs, like you know, they they never really popped off that big. They were in like what a Sprite commercial, and then the fucking the movie. Father's Day, but they were, you know, they were on the radio here and there in the '90s. Uh, when you're talking about a business where, where a lot of, especially the music business, where even when it was doing really well, there were bands that were still not making any money because the record labels were t- were expensing well, them for everything. All of Motown, yeah. and yeah. so so beyond, so now a business that still expenses people for everything is not making enough money, and then people are really not. It's like it's like when they did the. the that uh, behind the TLC behind the music oh, from like ten years ago, yeah. oh. they were like, "Here's what you have to understand." Well, the MC Hammer one too. Yeah, oh, like was, you know, so for every album that's money. sold, we get this, and then we like people think we're crazy millionaires, and it just isn't. It doesn't work that way. Well, that's what you hear. You always. Uh, that's what surprised me a lot when, as I grew older. Is that like these bands, these indie bands are like huge, and they're like you know you, they come to LA and they sell out. You know, big theaters and stuff like that. But I was like, why don't they move to like bigger cities? They're all still living <laughs> in their small towns. It's because if they stay there. They can like live comfortably. That's right. You don't. Just, people you know, don't ever think like you have these grand ideas about how you want to tour and the kind of show you want to put on. It's like, you know, like when I bring Firma with me, sometimes they'll go. Uh, 
yeah, we need a, we need a screen. We want to do video. And they're like, all right, well, it's a $1,200 to rent the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sure people tell you this all the time. And they go, Mike, you should do a tour with like four other comics that you all love. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but then... You know, like, you know, you go to this theater, it costs like five grand just to turn the lights on in the theater. Yeah. So we have yeah. to get to that point just to break even. Yep. Then we got to pay everyone. It's just like no one, everyone loses money for with the, with the travel. Yeah. Then it's merch. You got to do it in merch. Yeah. But make that money there. I guess. Merch never. Yeah. My fans don't like merch, I don't think. Do you have a merch-friendly fan base? you know what I'm finding? Do you have a merch-friendly fan base? I do. Like, I, 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 I've just started bringing like, these Nerdist shirts on the road oh, with nice. the, the podcast I, logo. And, can I get one of those? Yeah, sure you can. Can I? And people, uh, people buy, buy them. I mean, oh. I always go out. I, mean, I don't care if people buy shirts from me or not, but I'll go mm. out and sign stuff and take pictures. And I, and I, I love it because... It wasn't that long ago when no one would come out and see me, so yeah. I'm super psyched. Well, we were talking about this the out. other day about merch table. You got to have a merch table at your shows, and I think people would buy stuff. You know, you know, stickers and shirts, and you know, you can the hard and firm CD stuff like that. Used Myra Kleenexes yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot from the show. All of tears. my broken iPhones. All of your broken iPhones. A little jar of tears from Myra. So when uh, when did uh, when did the uh, Sleepwalk with Me album come out? Came out, um, I think, end of April. Yeah, and, and do you sell it when you're on the when? I haven't been on the road. Oh, you've been on the road. I've been been doing girlfriend's boyfriend in New York, and uh, but I'm going. I'm basically going on tour. We're touring my girlfriend's boyfriend starting in January. Uh, I'm going to be touring it for a year. Whoa! Yeah, I'm touring the same show. Yeah, any other stand-up? No, pretty much that. I guess not because you don't want to cannibalize your show. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the the year, I'm going to. Shoot it as a comedy special, record the album, and uh, move on to the next hour. Sell another fifty. You've always hours. been you. You have a very uh, <laughs> yeah. you have a really great you have a really great sort of business view of of comedy. Just in just in terms of you know, I put up this show, I do it for a while, it gets popular, then I take it around the country, then I shoot it as a special, and then I put it out. Yeah, you know, that's new. That, that this is the first time I've ever done it. Yeah, I know, but and we it, talked, it, you're, the, you're the guy that wrote like it was a job, which is what you should, you know, if you can do that, you should do that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but this was actually the first time where, like, I had a show, and my agent, Mike Berkowitz, who is... I know, know Mike. Yeah, Mike is the best. Great guy. He's, yeah, he's the best agent. Mike I mean, Berkowitz. honestly, if anyone, I don't even know if this is pertinent to anyone's life listening, but for my money, he is absolutely the best at what he does he's a booking agent he mm-hmm. books louis ck and craig ferguson and kevin hard and aziz ansari and me and a bunch of people so all of those listening have him be your booking agent <laughs> John. He's un- mike berkowitz's email is no no but he he actually was the person who was like he was like oh you actually you have to take out the show as mm-hmm. is and and uh so that's what we're doing and i'm sure you noticed <clears throat> that when you when you started the second show it was probably a bit easier than when you started the first show, right? I mean, you have you have a huge following now. It's different, yeah. The, lately, and it's yeah. The This American Life people are really nice. Yeah. The 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 moth people are really nice. People who listen to this podcast from when I was on last time. I still get emails about that. Well, it's what's shocking to me is when I think, okay, when I go to New York, I'm gonna go. I can go do two shows there, but then I can't go back there for six months or or, or nine months or a year. And you know you've got people coming out to see your show when you've done it uh, two hundred times. Yeah, yeah. No, like Sleepwalk with me, we had uh, thirty five thousand people come see. Jesus show. Christ! <laughs> and how? Who do you take on the road with you? Like, uh, like a stage director, a guy in charge of lights? Um, 
Yeah, like I have a yeah, I have a few. I have a tour manager, and yeah. and my director Seth Barish comes sometimes. You're gonna That's, get a bus. You're gonna get a tour bus. Probably do a bus. Yeah, I've done the bus. A, I've done a bus a bunch of times. Do you do a tour bus? I've never done a tour bus, and I've always wanted to do a tour bus because I don't go out a big chunk at once. I just go back and forth and back and forth. Spot dates. It's, yeah, it's kind of fun, although man, those the the drivers are are a real they're real characters. They got stories. Oh man, do they have stories? You'll hear stories about about gun shooting, you know, about a lot of country country act. You're a drums. docile comedian, like yeah. Kind of just, they, you know. Well, you know they they uh, well we always rent a bus out of Nashville because that's that's one of the big hubs for tour buses because okay. it's music city mm-hmm. and uh, they have a lot of country singers who are in tour buses and they a lot of rappers. And man, do they have some stories about country <laughs> singers and rappers. And the guys will say, I mean, these, 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 these bus drivers will tell you these stories about rappers and that they're not shy with the racism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the things that they will say, I'm just like, are you saying this right now? Are you, are you is we, this I mean, ironic racism or is this real racism? And, and the homophobia also is just like, and we would have long. I mean, I, I'll, for the sake of anonymity, I'll call him Don uh, Donnie. We had a bus driver named Donnie. His real and, name was Donald. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and 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 Donnie would say, uh, you know, just the just the most offensive things you could say about black people and gay people, and, stuff. and we would just have long talks with people like. Is that how you really feel about this? I mean, is that you know? And he'd be like, "Yeah, right, 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 right," you know. And be like, "All right," you know. Like, there's not much you can when someone's 65 years old. You're not going to change and his they're mind. racist and homophobic. You're not going to. You also don't want to rile up the guy who's making sure you don't die while you're sleeping. You're in the absolutely back of the right. Bus. Yeah. yeah. You so want you him to question everything he stands for while it's just midnight drive. You know. You're no, like, well, true. well, you and I will be having less talks. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a strange thing, you know, with with racism. You just go, well, because I always say this when people, whenever people go, uh, you know, you you say because oh, you know, uh, let me phrase this right, because I'm I'm trying about Florida. Uh, regarding uh, Florida regarding Obama right. Um, a lot of times people who are on the right who are very anti-Obama will go. Well, you're just saying that people who don't like him are racist, but how, you know, they're not racist. And, and you go, okay, well, some of them are, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. like, like, you know, like, and when, and whenever I say that, I always go, well, okay. And, and they'll go, how do you know? And I go, okay, well, imagine, I go, before he was elected president, there were racist people in the country, right? Yeah. And I get them to agree to that. <laughs> and I go, okay, so imagine you're one of those people. <laughs> and you're so racist that, like, you would be upset if there was a black guy who was your waiter at a restaurant. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the black guy, there's a black guy who's the president of the United States. Your commander you know in chief. Do you know how mad you would, that would make you? Yeah. You would go nuts. <laughs> you would be marching in the streets. And they did. And they're called the Tea Party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's those philosophical, it's those philosophical, if P, if P equals Q, but Q doesn't eat, like, 
all racists are Obama haters, but not all Obama haters are racists. That's what Bill Maher always makes that point about Republicans. He goes, he goes, uh, you watch, you watch Bill Maher. I the real, you, real time. Yeah. I liked your uh, your episode with him. Here. Oh, he was, it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it was so that's much a fun. good one. People should listen to if they haven't already. But um, but he makes I'll that point. That he, he goes, he, he goes, you know, all. <laughs> I'll check that out. They don't listen to the show. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the video. <laughs> um, he he always makes that point on his show. He goes, you know, he goes, it not all Republicans are racist, but all racists, eh. <laughs> not <the> Republicans. <laughs> well, I mean, just ideologically, you you wouldn't fall, you wouldn't fall liberally, really, yeah. if you if you're racist, because many of the platforms would not be congruent with your core belief system. I want more government, but I don't want them to help the blacks. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just you just wouldn't. You just, well, there's there's not racist liberals though. like I am I am here. I say organic food, but not for black people. You're like, what are you, <laughs> are you talking about? I, don't wanna, I think I think we should uh, we should we should tax the rich, but not give it to black people. Like that's not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that's really confusing to me is when. But it, it's interesting. Like, well, that's one of people's arguments is they'll go they'll go. Well, Obama's just going to help black people. You know, that's like one of the arguments that, that people make, <laughs> sometimes subtly, sometimes not so yeah. subtly, that he'll help, quote unquote, his own people. But it's interesting because like that's that that's kind of an uh, for older people. That's how people think. People who are 70 or 80 year, years old. That's how things always were. They yeah. would they would vote for the Irish guy if they were Irish. They would vote for, right. you know, the you know, the Italian guy if they were Italian. Yeah. And, and that I think that's. That's how they view the Obama presidency is, oh, he's representing black people, which is funny because he's really not. Yeah. Right. All the black leaders are so frustrated with him all the time. Yeah. He's from Hawaii. He's just a dude from Hawaii. Yeah, he's some dude from Hawaii. Yeah. I like, just I, I, that's where I grew up. So who a, is he? Yeah, yeah. Who is this man? <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, the, the idea of you know, you go you go into the the presidency, and you're like, I have all these ideas. And it's sort of like when you're a kid, and you go, you know, I'm going to be a teacher someday, but I'm going to be a cool teacher. I'm not going to yeah. be like these dickholes who yeah. uh, stand over there. And then you get older, and you start to realize, like, well, there are policies that you can't change, and then there are things, and there are all these different there are all <laughs> these different mechanisms in place that are tugging in all these different directions, and you can't make everyone happy, and you still have to do A, B, and C, and it doesn't really work the yeah. way you. It's that it doesn't work linearly or logically where you go, well, I'm just going to change that one thing and everything will be great. And, and that's that's the uh, that's why the Afghanistan thing, or at least for me, is frustrating because you you thought that he'd come in and, and he'd get out of these yeah. insane wars. And then he doubles down in Afghanistan and you're just at, as a supporter of Obama. I'm just like, oh, wow. What happened? Yeah, what are you doing so frustrating. But then but I have to say, and maybe this is this is really um but hypocritical but but you know how during the bush presidency you'd you'd have you'd see guys who would who would defend him and they wouldn't really have an intellectual argument they'd just go i i just like him yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and and that's how I, and honestly that's how i feel about obama i just go he's smart mm -hmm. and he seems very reasonable and he's able to speak about the things that he's talking about without I mean, they always joke that he's he's looking at a prompter. I've seen him in hundreds of interviews where he's he's not on a prompter. And the guy clearly can speak. Yeah, he yeah. knows what he's talking about. The thing that was always frustrating for me about Bush is that you'd go, I don't 
think he knows the words he's saying. That's right. Like, I don't know if he's familiar with the terms he's speaking. And now it's this what, guy telling him right before, he's like, these are the things. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I wonder. But I've become that with Obama, which I'm a little embarrassed about, where I'm like, ah, you know, he's not perfect, but he seems like a smart guy. But there's yeah. very, you know, there's a certain, he do, he has a certain statuesque presidential quality about him. And, and, and I think people... People are generally gonna vote for the guy that they think looks like a, you know, like when people are on the fence. Yep. And uh, and so like as I was watching the Republicans, Mitt Romney. Well, exactly, <laughs> Mitt, Mitt Romney. It almost doesn't even matter what he says. He's he like looks, a cartoon president. He looks like a cartoon president. And then you and you look at poor Palenti, and you're just like, oh, he doesn't really. You know, it's like it's like or Ralph Nader. Like Ralph Nader. Like, Nader, like, Nader you're like we're not gonna we're not gonna vote for our uncle with a twitch. Yeah. Is it, uh, <laughs> Was it Warren Harding? There was like the the one president was just like literally one of the worst presidents we've ever had, but he was tall and yeah, handsome, yeah. and you know, and people were like, "Oh, that guy looks like the president. He well, looks like the archetypal president." Well, that was that was apparent uh, during um, the election between Nixon and Kennedy, and uh, people who watched the televised debates That's right. uh, were, very, very were, were very were very adamant about. Um, about how they're like, oh, Kennedy clearly won. Mm-hmm. That handsome yep. guy won. Yeah. But everyone that listened to it on radio, which a large portion of people still did at the time, were convinced that Nixon came out on top of those debates. You know what that says, guys? Our president's got to be fuckable. President's got to be fuckable president. totally yeah. fuck Mitt Romney. I want a hot person telling me bad news as much as I can. That's, <laughs> that's how I want to take I, it. I liked Romney when he was the governor of uh, Massachusetts. Like, I, and, like he, uh, you know, he, got, he got universal health care in Massachusetts mm-hmm. put through. And, uh, you know, he was very tan, which I don't understand because I saw him in the winter. <laughs> His skin, he's per- he just constantly. Perfect. 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 Like, no, we, 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 uh, we buried a, a, a soldier, a Marine that died in Iraq at the funeral home. And he came to the, to the wake, you know? Really? Yeah. And he looked well, that's great nice. doing it. Listen, I don't, you know, for whatever, and, and I, I do, to a degree, I do know, uh, I do have an understanding of, 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 some some of the things that the Mormons believe in, and and uh, you've seen Book of Mormon, so you know. <laughs> not you know Book the of basics. Mormon. I wish I'd, I'd oh, seen Book so of Mormon. Good. Dum, 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 but dum. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, date, date a girl who who uh, who's has has comes from a Mormon background, and um, but is not uh, mm-hmm. herself. But uh, the most pleasant people you could ever... I love going to Salt Lake City. Always people smiling at you, friendly. They'll have you in their home. When I go to Salt Lake City, I will talk to the, uh, you know, I forget the theater's name. There's a theater there that's right near a college, and it's beautiful, 2000 Seat Theater. And whenever I'm there, I'm always, I'll talk to the the ushers, you know, and and for, for like an hour, two hours, I'll talk to them about, I'll be like, I'll explain this part of Mormonism. Explain <laughs> this part, and and I and I'm telling them I think this is crazy, right. but I love talking about it, and I really the like night, you. You know, and then some people and, are like, and they're very reasonable, and 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 they're lovely people, and yeah. so, and some people, you know, like the people are like, yeah, but then you know, like they. They they have sex with underage girls and they marry like five. Right. Like, well, yes, some some of them do that, right. but the every, crazy the crazy every, ones yes, who live in the forest. There are crazy yeah, yeah, sex exactly. everywhere. There right. are crazy people everywhere. Yeah. We just don't have a label for all of them. Some of them are just we just say they're fucked up. That's just that's just the forest edition of Mormons. <laughs> yeah, that's a small sect. Yeah, but you're talking about the forest edition. Yeah, yeah. The oh, forest don't. edition of of any of any religion is a little. Can nice. I go? Can I go back to something you said earlier? Sure. Just talking to the old guy, the 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 the, the bus driver. Yeah, you reminded me of a story. I was performing. <clears throat> 
Uh, Furman and I were performing at Knox College in Illinois. Uh, and we're in this small, the small town at a beautiful theater. And there's an usher there. He's an old guy. And it's almost like, it's almost like you can't get mad at old guy racism when it's, when it's not, he wasn't angry. He no, wasn't it's benign. Cr- it's, it's, it's just, like, benign. It's just yeah. how he was using Cause we go, uh, we were just kind of talking to him cause we were standing there and we we're just making conversations. So we're like, Oh, so is, you know, is this city like mainly a, co- a, a college town? And he was like, Oh no! I mean, back in the old days, there were a little bit, but uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them left. And we're like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, hey, "It's not a colored town anymore." And we're like, uh, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> "But it was, he was just so like, oh, you poor old guy." But is that, but is that racist racism or vernacular? You know, I mean, it was maybe, his. It was his vernacular. He didn't. He didn't really seem uh, to have an opinion one way or another that, about it. Nor was he like, an observation. Yeah, yeah, because I always feel bad for like people my parents age sometimes. Like my mom will say, you know, colored or Negro or something. I know like my butthole just and, my butthole just and, closes up so I, tight. But like, please not, don't. But she's not in no way racist. In, in no way. Yeah. And so it always pains me when people call people out on language. Like I, I, I actually get really frustrated when people get mad about any language thing. I mean, I got mad at Marin. I don't know. I, I got mad at Marin because he was like calling out Gallagher during that interview he did with Gallagher about <laughs> about something that you come on Gallagher he was he was saying it was homophobic but actually that was it actually actually was kind of homophobic <laughs> yeah. so I'm dialing I'm actually dialing the story back it. but but so it's a bad example but I do get frustrated when when language becomes so becomes all important I mean I don't know like and the Anthony Weiner thing I think is kind of a crazy example of uh, it's a, of of a kind of a non-story. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Very it. Very much but a like, non-story. I mean, yeah. it's a non-story, and that ends in a resignation. I mean, well, that's a yeah. really terrifying thing. There's it worse is worse things that have happened. The, it, 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 it is, but he, but here are two here are two things I think are at play. I mean, like he did it. If he had done it once or twice, I think people would have forgiven him. But he did it a, like hundreds of times. Oh, is that right? Like, oh, he had, I, I he guess like, I didn't know that. I guess there were like 200, 200 texts with with this porn star. He has a huge penis, though. And then a bunch of and. uh you know, but but what I think what I think part of it is is people. I feel like he's in a bad position. I feel like so many politicians probably they just all do it. I assume they all do it. I don't know, man. Like sex stuff is just weird. That's like personal stuff between him and these girls, and like, but everyone but gets weird with sex stuff. Second you know? thing, though, why not have another Twitter account besides your oh, official I know. Twitter? That, How are they supposed that, to know that, that, that his actually, representative Anthony Weiner? That was actually kind of sad. That <laughs> that aspect of it. Why like I, I have t- you have Tweet Deck. Yeah, you're a Twitter. Yeah. I can't, and I have the row for for me, you know, that I, whatever, the people I follow, and then the yeah. middle, it's like my t- people who mention me, yeah. my at Burbigs account, and then on the right is like direct message. And I can't even imagine yes. putting in that column a picture <laughs> of my penis. I mean, I can't. <laughs> it seems like a like joke. Having it in the, like the, in the same, the like same it's, thing. with your yeah. face, with yeah. your face in it, yeah. with yeah. your face in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, I guess it's just. This is so crazy. Imagining even doing that. I guess you just feel like. I mean, at, 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 like once or twice, you might go, "All right, he was just fucking around." But, but I think it is indicative of um, uh, of a, a serious mental deficiency if you do it hundreds of times, and then you're like, "Well, maybe I don't want that guy making decisions on on my behalf and being my representative." But I will say that I, I that we're we're at a time I think now more than ever where people are 
are are charged with anger. Yeah. About about their right. shitty lives, about the economy. For sure. And yeah. so and the, they, and, yeah. the second you see someone where you can be like, ah, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna that's gonna the, all the anger that you feel is gonna come out. He got caught. He got t boned. Uh, at the intersection of fuck that guy, and I can't believe this. <laughs> yep, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, it's just down the block from LeBron James. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and but yeah, no, the sex stuff. I I feel the same way that you do, where it's like, you know, like with Bill Clinton, and you know, people get mad when I say this. It's like I the way I feel about Bill Clinton is like, okay, he got blown under his desk, but at least he was at his desk. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like above the desk, he's getting work done, he's balancing the budget. Yeah, He's working on peace in Northern Ireland. Below yeah. the desk, he's relieving stress. And that's not a, that's not for us to see. That's why there's the you know that's why it's covered on the other side but of the I desk. We're not supposed to care. I mean, I know, no. I know everyone right. everyone should be held accountable for their actions. But I almost wonder. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in an, in a position of extreme power. And if you're in a, a position of extreme power, I don't know what happens to your brain or what kind of ways you need to relieve stress or how. Like all the weird deviant things that everyone carries inside them starts to creep out. I well, just don't know. Well, let me tell you. I'm not saying it's okay, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do. You think will that. see it this in the for the next year when my girlfriend's boyfriend <laughs> my goes girlfriend's on tour. Boyfriend. You get a picture of Berbiglia's dog. Oh, yeah, wow. but like you know, like you or can't... a clip pick. Clip pick, you I guys. Swear like, you got, yeah. A clip pick vagina photo sharing service. I'm just saying. <laughs> clip pick. Okay. <laughs> but on Twitter, I really don't think it's like everyone does weird things when it comes to the. You you know like to like sex it's like everyone kind of has like you know the the things that you do with a girl uh in like on a you know daily basis or wherever uh it shouldn't have anything to do with like how you walk down the street they like the two shouldn't have anything to do with each other but if you're married and your wife is pregnant and you're 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 sending pictures of your dick to other people it's like uh, and and you're doing it a lot there's something there's not right there's something not right but then like but then like what's okay so but but you have to put it in perspective also it's like it's like that happened, and that's a big news story for about a week. And right. then, and then there's the Supreme Court decision that allows you know private corporations to buy the government, and that's yeah. and that's <laughs> that on for by. a day. Yeah. yeah, that's on for a day, and no one even really understands it. it. Yeah, and Anthony Weiner's on for like what two weeks. It's yeah. all it's 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 hate it's hate driven and it's it's news driven because the news media knows. They know. I mean, you know, people forget news is a business. They they need to sell magazines. They need to sell papers. They need to get ratings. And so they're going to put the things on that they're going to that are going to charge people. Guys. And you can't you can't wrap your mind around like that corporation would have to send pictures of its dick yeah. to the government for, for, for people to care about it. Yeah. There's a reason that Law and Order SVU is the only Law and Order left on. <laughs> Sex sells. No. Oh, is the original Law and Order not on anymore? No, got canceled really? a couple years ago. Are you serious? How did yeah. I miss that? Oh, you probably. Bang, bang. Is SVU uh, sex focused? It's the special victims unit, and as Wolf wanted sex to call, it, he wanted unit. to call it the sex victims unit. But NBC was like, "Well, maybe we can't call it that. We'll call it special uh, victims unit." Yeah, it's the sex crimes division of oh, the Law and Order, and that's and that's the only one that's still on. Interesting. They don't have the different cities still. They, no, they got rid of you that. sure it's Didn't not they have the LA, other ones LA just LA ran for fifteen bit, right? years? Chris Maloney's leaving. That's all I've heard. Yeah, of SVU. I didn't realize that, guys. I'm sorry to break that to you. Well, that's okay. As long as there's still a bunch of, uh, as long as uh, uh, Miami, uh, CSI Miami. Thank you. Forgot the words for <laughs> yeah! CSI Miami. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, meet the new bow. 
Claus that. <laughs> oh, same as a player. Where, where are you heading in the few in the coming weeks? Um, actually, I'm going to D.C. I will have been to D.C. by the time this goes up. I'm going to the Arlington Draft House oh, in D.C., yeah. which is a great, great place. I've heard that's awesome. I'm doing that uh, Friday and Saturday night, and then I'm and then I'm off. Until I don't travel again until the Just for Laughs Montreal. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, wow. What show are you doing there? Are you doing your own show? I'm doing. We're going to do a podcast there, and then I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a gala show, and then I'm doing a couple of like nerd themed shows, and then I'll probably host. I don't know. Maybe they'll have me host New Faces or something. Who's ho- Who's hosting your gala? Do you know? I don't know. I did it last summer. Steve Martin host my guy. You got Steve Martin. I did it last summer too, and I got Cheech and Chong. (laughs) Actually, they had me. That's cool too. They had me on Lewis Black's, and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's not Steve Martin. They had me on. on, This this broke my heart a little bit. They had me on Lewis Black's, and I was like, holy shit. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like two days before, they're like, yeah, Lewis, he doesn't really get the nerd thing. So we're going to move you. I'm like, oh, and they move me to Cheech, Cheech and Chong. Wait, get he, the he, nerd he did, thing. He doesn't get the nerd thing? They said he didn't get the nerd. I don't know the real story. The real, what I don't is even, nerdist? I don't get I it. don't know if Lewis Black, <laughs> I mean, of course, in my in my egocentric comic mind, I'm like, oh, he knows who I am and does not think I'm funny and does not want me on a show. The truth is, I'm sure he does not know who I am. And that's probably why he was like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. And yeah. that doesn't sound like sure. that's anything yeah. I want it. So he just get, kick, he kind of, it sort of kicked me off the show, but not in a well, malicious way. Well, I, Hang in there, Big I think you guys will have, be happy to know that Steve Martin requested me. God damn it, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, hey, yeah, but Cheech no, and Chong no, is cool. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. Totally Did kidding. you talk to him? I talked to him, but I'm totally kidding. No, but you guys, tell me, what you talk, you talk to him. What do you say, what do you say to Steve Martin? I, I spoke to him briefly. I mean, it actually is weird. It's weird when... Someone's as famous as Steve Martin because they're famous also in the room where people are famous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, like like I went to Neil Young last month in New York and uh at Lincoln Center and it was amazing. And then I went backstage and it's like Trey Anastasio's there. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Kramer from Mad Money. It's like the the Jim people, Kramer. I don't know. Like the people, the people in the backstage, and then Neil Young comes in. And it's like, oh my god! But Steve Martin was a similar thing. Like, the, like he's so he's such an icon that it's it, it's. I don't know how he exists well, because yeah. everybody is staring at him every second which is that funny is in the room which is ironic because he probably hates that oh yeah because yes. he's very apparently very, i don't you know i i've, I've but, tweeted him before to come on the show and and uh and then after did you tweet back he tweeted back but um uh it was sort of a it was a polite but sort of um uh like a cock block for a podcast cock block mm. but i but i mean he was like oh you know i'm not really doing like any the press most right amazing now. get of all the time right but then i thought all about it i was like time. i don't know if i could I'm, i don't know if I'm i could foreign. have him on <laughs> i don't know if i could that have would him be on. the greatest get of all the time that would be, of all of the times you have lived in <laughs> that would getting the best yeah. uh, getting uh, but i i i i, I was i resolved the fact that if he ever came on <laughs> I would just talk about uh, bluegrass. I would not. I would not talk about Good comedy for you. because, uh, like, I was on. I was on a radio show with him, like a few months ago. Sound check on WNYC in mm-hmm. New York, and it was just me and him. And he played his stuff, and and I you did. I did like a set, and so I actually got to meet him like a second time, and that was good because the first time, we, it was like I said, it was just so many people, and then the second time, 
it was just there was less people, mm-hmm. which was yeah. nice. And he was he was very friendly. And he said that he was going to come to my show. He didn't come, but his band came. Oh, that's oh. awesome! Yeah, that was really cool. Which I just has members of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I Steel would. Steel Canyon Rangers. Is that their name? I think that's the name now. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel great like band. I would Holy not want to. I would not. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. The Crow. Yeah. Or wait, the one from the, the one they just did with the eight. Jonah, shut up. Song uh, I can't. <laughs> I just like to. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Big C. That's all right. Uh, his big, big C's coming. getting mad. <laughs> big C's getting mad over here. No, uh, I feel like I, I, I don't. There's nothing you can say to Steve Martin that he hasn't heard. Exactly. There's literally nothing there's you can nothing. say about his comedy. There's nothing, nothing about how you can tell the movies. I would rather talk to him about what he's passionate about. Which would, which, because that, that's you, what you, I want to hear about. You got to bone up. You got to bone up on uh, art. Well, but banjo. Um, I'm talking about banjo art and, ba- and banjo. Yeah. yeah art, yeah. I wouldn't have shit to say about, but bluegrass, I would love to talk to him about. Yeah. I'm talking about. The truth is, he's probably never going to come on this show, so it's not. Well, you never know. We'll get Albert Brooks. Love to get Albert Brooks. We won't get Albert. That'd be Brooks. great. Did you tweet at him? Yeah, he's on Twitter. He wrote back. What did he say? Uh, nothing to the effect of I'm coming on your show, but he wrote. I don't care. He wrote back to me, and yeah. I was. I was. Bill Maher was a great one, and then who? Who's like your? Who are your other dream guests? Who? Who you haven't gotten? Um, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, that'd I be think would be fucking phenomenal. I'd love to get Harold Ramis. I think Harold Ramis yeah. would be phenomenal. We've been talking about that. Bill since Murray, we of course. Recording. If you're yeah. if you're going that direction, uh, Bill Murray would be great. Uh, if you could catch him on a t- in a time where he would like open up. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know what he's. I don't know. He might be another Steve Martin case where you're like, oh, so what do you, what was it like? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I like, I Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty would yeah, be great. That'd be awesome. Um, you Who, know. Who's Joe Flaherty? Uh, SCTV. SCTV. Oh, Count okay. Floyd. Yeah, Got the glasses? Um, no, that's Eugene Levy. No, I'm, I know Eugene do you, Levy. Do you remember is. the Joe movie Flaherty. Happy Gilmore? No, no, no. Yeah. Remember the, it's like, you'll never make it, you jackass. Oh, yeah. That yeah, guy. That guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember Back also, to the Future 2? Yes, he was in Back to yeah. the Future too. Are you yeah. Marty McFly? Oh, <laughs> I have a letter <laughs> for you. Most famous credit. Are yes. you guys Sorry. trying to? Are you guys trying to prove why this show should be called Nerdist right now? Is that <laughs> we what we're do doing? that constantly? <laughs> the show should you don't be like SCTV. The show should be called Explicit. Wait, Nerdist. I've got something for you. <laughs> it's a letter. Explic- I'd love to get David Tennant on, who was who was the previous Doctor Who would be really would be oh, really great for me. Maybe he's promoting which Friday. Doctor Who? Curly hair Doctor Who? No, that's uh, no no. Uh, cur- well. That's you're thinking of Tom Baker. He was the fourth Doctor in the in the seventies. Did you guys watch Torchwood? Yeah, I've I've watched uh, Tor- Torchwood Children of Earth. Uh, I've, I did not watch the pre- previous Torchwoods. Oh, you mean the one that's airing this summer? No, the Miracle Day. Miracle Day. Oh, Miracle Day. Yeah. yeah. No, the previous Lauren, one was Children Lauren of Ambrose, Earth. who's in going to be in this film Sleepwalk with Tell me, me let's talk about you is, and your, let's um, talk about your movie. She's, she's in Torchwood this season. Tell me about the movie and how, right. how the movie came about and all that yeah. stuff. Um. Well, it's um. Oh God, it's so complicated. Uh, it was a bunch of years ago, and and uh, the show was running in New York, and I and I was writing another movie script. It was called Waking Up Ben, actually, and it was um, it was about a guy who had a hard time waking up in the morning, and he was very much coddled in his universe. And Ben Kingsley, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and anyway, so long story short, I. I, I sold this idea to this company that was producing the play. And they said, yeah, well, yeah, we'd like to do that. And then, like, in the middle of the process, um, I it, it, a bunch of people said to me, they were like, you know, you should do just a feature film adaptation of Sleepwalk with me because the characters are there and 
the, the dramatic arc is there and all this stuff. And I was like, and the, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, that's true. Like it's, it's really, it's, it, yeah, it's, and, and the dreams are so vivid and strange and it, it does make for a good cinematic thing. And so, and so I started working on it and then with that company. And then eventually I left that company uh, because it, it just didn't seem like they were going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really cool people and they had really interesting thoughts. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen. And, and that's the thing that in, in, in my career, I've, I've had to walk away from a lot of stuff like that where, be, because with stand up, you can just stand on stage and you can perform things that you've written and you suffer the wrath or enjoy the pleasure of the audience mm-hmm. responding to that material immediately. Yeah. And, and with television and film, there's a, 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 there's a filter between you and your audience. And that filter is a studio or a network or, or producers. And, and that's very, it's all in my career. It's always been very hard for me to deal with that filter. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's uh, I don't like, the idea that anybody is saying, no, 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 this isn't done. Because I go, no, 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 it's, it's done. Especially yeah, when I'll, you are the, you're essentially. I, I'm, the, the, I'm the writer, the star, the director. You're the kind of I'm, the product and you're like, right, no, I know how and, this is supposed to go. Yeah. Right, and, I, and I've done these one-person shows and they're reviewed well and they sell. No, lot, no, 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 your, your show, uh, your show needs them. a donkey. People love donkeys. Right, and, and so I just don't. And, but, but then I understand where they're coming from too because they have to front five million dollars or seven million dollars or whatever the budget is or even a million dollars you should find that out since you're directing the movie <laughs> no I, i'm saying i well, now it's now it now i'm making the micro budget version of it yeah. um which is i'm kind of i'm kind of cobbling together financing from a bunch of different places and these days I mean, it looks like we're going to shoot uh, you know on the red camera these days it's like you can shoot on the red camera and make a beautiful beautiful Those film cameras are for, for, for next to nothing that that looks so close to film, yeah, and 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 certainly for what you're gaining in creative freedom, I think that the cost analysis is completely worth it. Yeah, and so now we're making an Iraglass is producing it. That's as great. An independent producer, and I'm directing it, co-directing it with Seth Barish, who directs my shows, and um and Lauren, unless something barring some kind of crazy thing that happened, is is starring in it with me, and um and uh, and we're shooting it th- th- this. This summer, you know, knock on wood, but um, and very very soon, it's kind of consuming, all consuming of my life That's right great. now. You've been making shot it's lists, like, and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, and 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 we've been, sh- I've been, I've been shooting some little demos and things, oh, nice. and some little filmed rehearsals. That's awesome. Do you have a DP? Uh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, it's kind of uh, fun. It's kind of fun to watch. It's fun to watch your career and watch you you know, branch out and start experimenting in different spaces. Where it's like, oh, he's doing stand-up, but now he's doing a one-man show. He's got a book. Yeah. Well, now he's doing a movie. You know, like it's kind of it's kind of fun to to watch that sort of creative uh, bulb. Uh, well, I, I and, and film is the thing that I've you know I've wanted to make feature films since I was you know probably fifteen or sixteen years old, and and I and I in the last few weeks shooting the demo of of the feature, I experienced this thing that I haven't experienced since I was nineteen years old. And I walked on stage and did stand up for the first time, which is I'm shooting this thing and I'm going, oh, my God, this is what I'm this. This is what I'm supposed to do. I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. That, mm-hmm. That's how I felt when I did stand up the first time. And, and I felt it a few weeks ago when I shot this 
this demo of the feature and uh and it's it's exciting i mean maybe it'll be a complete failure but it does feel like i'm 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 breaking into something that that I'm gonna be doing for a long time. That's really fantastic. Well, uh, I, I I hate to I know again we have to cut up the interview because I have to get to the airport and you Me have too. to get to the airport. Same deal. But uh, I honestly could talk to you for like three more hours. I know I love hanging so out. So I think yeah, I you know we should do this a few times. A year. I'm telling you, you you can totally be a recurring guest on the show yeah. whenever you're in town or I'm in New York. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get you back on and just right. and just talk. I think the starting point should just always be Florida. <laughs> so Florida, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, and then we should just go from there. from there. Yeah, we should just discuss our feelings about Florida at that moment, at just and then see moment. where that takes us. Do you think it'll be that much different from any other point in time? Eh, it's just about our own, per, all of our personal feelings and about how we're Florida feeling about at it that, at, at that, that time. Point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Florida. So one of us is gonna be like, I don't know, starting to kind of feel okay about Florida. Whoa! See, and then we'll take yeah. us to him. That's a Florida moment. Uh, I tune understand. in next time when Derby is on in and... Florida in. Two weeks. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, don't save the, don't, don't ruin the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> what will Matt say? <laughs> I did live in Florida for a little while. My mother's from Miami. My dad lives in Central Florida. So I, I've spent, I've spent quite a lot of time in Florida. The humidity is just too much for too my, much. too no, much for my body. Uh, well, well, thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you very thank much. You oh, and people should buy your album Sleepwalk with on me on iTunes. On yeah. iTunes. Get up there. Let's not make Mike Birbiglia an example. Let's not make his success an example of how bad things are going. <laughs> Let's have Boy, the media, the, the media, the media can turn, make anything negative. They make I anything know. negative. I get it. Come on, Mike Birbiglia, the Melvins of comedy. Oh, that's not bad though. Yeah. Oh, was your drummer almost in Nirvana too? Good one. Enjoy your burrito, everybody. That guy doesn't play with him anymore. The guy from Big Business now. Good one, Jonah. That's a really good one. Are we still recording? Maybe. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Easy, automatic, unlimited backup for your computer files. Try it free for 15 days at Carbonite.com. Use the offer code NERDIST. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one, but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law & Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.